and I was in love. And I basically said that to her. So it was one kiss and one communication and a $748 phone bill, and we fell in love. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy. Welcome to episode 87. Surprise bonus episode. Monday. Well, is it too echoey in here? No, I think it's fine if you don't yell. Well, everyone, welcome to a Monday special episode. We're Finn and a Emma. A bonus episode, a secret bonus. No one even knew it was happening. I know. We didn't even know it was happening we until didn't. the last minute. That's true. That's <laughs> very true. Okay. We, so, will, we will talk more about why that happened in a moment. Yes. So first off, today we have an interview with Lara and Patrick, and they are amazing people that we actually met at the Life on the Sphinx at Takeover at Desire. And... They have a really cool story. Yeah, really awesome how they got together. Kind of funny little <laughs> anecdote in there. But nevertheless, we're going we're gonna to get to that very shortly. We just have a couple of quick announcements and then one more quick announcement and then we'll get right into the show. Yeah. So a couple of quick announcements. We are going on the road, if you haven't heard. We have a few meet and greets coming up. That's super exciting. Um, The first is going to be October 3rd. That's this week. Yes, this Thursday. In In New York City. In New York City. The second one is going to be on October 18th in the evening. That will be in Boston. And then October 26th in Toronto. So for more information to RSVP, and to get like all everything about it, please go to our they're website. Called, they're called deets. Okay, to get the deets, sure. Get the deets. <laughs> go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and go under the events tab. You can also sign up for our email list there, and we'll be sending out information about just about the meet and greets. Absolutely. The next one is a super awesome, exciting thing that's happening. On October 16th, we've been doing monthly Patreon video Q&A sessions with us. Uh, We've been normally doing them at like 9 or 9.30 Eastern time. We're going to mix it up this week, this month. Sorry, not this week. And we're going to do two of them. We're going to do one at 9 p.m. Eastern and one at 9 p.m. Pacific time. So double the chances to chat with us and making it a little more accessible to the West Coasters. And other time zones. And other time zoners. Yes. So information on that, you can sign up on our website and check out all the details. Under Patreon. Yes. Okay, so. Why are we having a special secret, top secret, ultra secret. Release on a Monday? Bonus episode. Well, it has something to do with an upcoming trip to Desire that we're not actually, unfortunately, going on, yeah. but a lot of really cool people are. And and the organizer, Cooper, wanted to rub it in our faces that we weren't coming, <laughs> but he also wanted us to maybe throw a little shout out there because they have um, like 10 rooms left, and so he's trying to get those sold out and fully book out the resort and do a complete takeover, which is 
super awesome. Yes. And yeah. So to be clear, this is the Life on the Swing Set Desire Takeover Week. It is November 2nd through the 9th. For more information, you can check out the link in our show notes. It'll take you to the Life on the Swing Set Desire um, Resort Takeover website. So please, if you have any interest in doing this and you want to splurge and go for it, please do. It's amazing and they're all wonderful people well so don't don't take our word for it we've obviously we talked about it in episode one how it impacted us but we went through our list of episodes that have also talked about how it has impacted them and we will put links to all these in the show notes but they are in uh numerical order yeah sure one two four ten twenty three thirty one fifty five and seventy eight how fast can you say that I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> but also add on top of that, 87. That's, Today. That is why we bumped uh, Laura and Patrick ahead of Mark and Eliza. That's not uh, a slight on anybody. It's just Laura and Patrick, um, again, had one of those life-changing experiences at Desire, and they told a little bit about it in this week's episode, and so it was fitting to bump it up. Yes. Exactly. And also, you can check out more information about the Life on the Swing Set Desire Takeover. A lot of other podcasters talk about it and have their experience. Well, they're going to be there. Let's look and at all the ones who are going to be there. Yeah. So, of course, the people from Life on the Swing Set, um, Bradford and Angela from By the By, and they actually did a Desire recap on their show from last year's uh, episodes, their episodes 136 and 137. Then you've got... Some other podcasters, uh, Life Erotic, they've been there before. Bed Hoppers from mm-hmm. the UK, this is going to be their first time going to the Swing Set Takeover. Torrid Souls out of Canada, that's going to be their first time going. And any ending the Sexual Dark Age, this would be like their 77th time <laughs> going maybe. I don't know. And there may be <laughs> others. Forgive us if we missed any, please. So, yeah, so definitely... Go uh, check out all the information on this if you want to go hang out with tons of kick-ass people for a week on uh, November 2nd to 9th in Cancun. Please do that. Also, if you're going, one quick thing you can do before you go is uh, get tested for STIs. Woo-hoo! You can do this for free going. Uh, there's some resources on our uh, resources page yep. for like the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, I think it is, that lists free ones. There are a few select locations throughout the country that do offer select, yep. uh, free STD testing. So check that out. You might happen to live in one of those places. Or if you want to support our show and save $10 off of your testing using uh, our links for STD check, I ran the quick math for every uh, 433 tests you do and save $10, you could book your trip to Desire. Wow, 430. Okay. it's <laughs> a lot of testing. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you did eight, eight per week, that would pretty much get you there. So over one a day. So if you got tested eight times That's a week a, for a year. You're going to give a lot of blood away. I'm just NP. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just an option, ways to start saving up the $10 and then put it towards your trip. Yeah. Anyway, we're super excited about this trip. We're bummed that we can't make it this year, but we can't wait to hear all about how amazing it is and how much fun everyone has. Also, if you do do 430 tests (laughs) this year, uh, we will be able to afford to go next year, (laughs) and we would even probably be able to afford to bring you with us. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I don't know if I want someone to get tested that much at once. (laughs) 
<laughs> but that All would right. be that would be pretty funny. Let's go hear uh, Patrick and Lara tell their story and uh, get yourselves to Cancun, and we'll see everybody on Wednesday for a normal episode. Yeah, let's go. Patrick, Laura, Emma, Finn. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the show. We're excited to have you on. Coming oh, to us. You. Yeah, all the way across the country. Um, thank, thanks for reaching out again. We met you too at, at The Desire, but I'm sure we'll get to that part of your story. But maybe before that, do you mind telling us about who each of you are? Maybe how you met, what what you're doing here? <laughs> Little background. <laughs> Little background. I'm, All right. I'm Laura. Um, I'm 50 years old. Uh, if you do the math, I was born in 69. <laughs> um, That's a good birthday year. My fir- first act of my, my life was growing up and going to school. The second act of my life, I was married for 18 years, um, had a good marriage, but we grew apart and, and split up. And then the um, third act of my life, I was very, very lucky to meet Patrick and um, have a wonderful, great relationship with Patrick now. Wow, that's cool. Um, along the same lines, I'm Patrick. I'm 51, just a little bit older than her. Um, same thing. This is my third act in my life right now also. Um, grew up before kids and everything. I didn't have any kids, actually. Um Grew up, got married, uh, was married 21 years to an amazing woman. In 2013, I became a widower, and I met Laura. And then from there, our life turned around. I mean, it was after Karen passed, I decided we got married very young. I was going to go date crazy. I did. Um, There's a story of a bisexual nymphomaniac with auditory hallucinations and schizophrenia. That's actually pretty cool. You might get that one later. But... um, (laughs) There's, uh, but met Laura and it just was an amazing chemistry that just fit perfectly from the very beginning. I was surprised that I met somebody so fast. Yeah. So you you both met, it sounds like you both met each other fairly soon after other relationships were over. So, yes. And, and, and I wasn't expecting to find the fairy tale, what I call my person, (laughs) Um, I wasn't really expecting that. I was like, Oh, I know I'll date. I know I'll have relationships, but I kind of figured I'd be on my own for, for a long time. And, um, cause I wasn't going to settle for any, anything less than that. And I was very surprised when I, when I met Patrick of, um, how well we connected and on all levels and how much we accept and, um, appreciate each other. And just, it's, it's magical. And the sex is amazing, so that really helps a lot. <laughs> so. Well, so how did you two meet then? Because you alluded before we started recording that this is a great story, so we have to get into this a little so, bit. So I'm going to try to keep it very it's – it's a long story, like I said, but I'll try to keep it short. So after Karen and my duty to Karen was done, I was like, I'm going to go have fun. And uh, so I went off, and I was dating people and having a great time. So I'm up in the city and I'm going down on this beautiful woman in the hotel and I am enjoying her. She's enjoying it. And all of a sudden she comes up and says, Oh my God, what is that music? And I'm going, what music? There's no music here, darling. No music at all. Oh no, I can't identify. Tell me what it is. Then all of a sudden everything came together 
And it was, this was what I said before, she was a bisexual nymphomaniac, literally could not get enough of it, loved everything. Um, schizophrenic, so she had almost multiple personalities, auditory hallucinations. It came to me kind of like, a, you know, like the cartoons that you go, oh my God, why did I think of that before? It hit me like that and I go, oh, I need to get out of here. I, you needed to run rabbit. So I finished up, cleaned up and called Laura. Um, <laughs> Um, quite literally, I called her. Um, we, we talked you texted to, I texted me. her. You were texting me. <laughs> so we met online through uh, one of the dating sites, uh, non-lifestyle. Um, yeah. I was a little bit lifestyle with my late wife, um, and I introduced that to Laura later on. Um, and so we were texting a little bit. We were hooked up on the uh, on eHarmony. And, mm-hmm. Okay, I'll plug that just a little bit. But <laughs> we got... Um, we started communicating, we started talking, and two days after I started talking to her, I was supposed to take off for three weeks with my mom to Europe. So we went off and had a, she said, I want to meet you, let's go meet, and was it Tuesday night? Monday night. Monday night, yes. Half Monday night, night for sushi, I didn't get a reservation, <clears throat> I'm like, who would get a reservation? For Monday night sushi, who means yeah. that? No, except when you have half price rolls. So <laughs> I walk into the bar, I walk into the this, bar. This the place was with people. <laughs> so we get Luckily, in. I got there early. Yes. Being the A-type personality, wanting yeah. everything to go perfect. It was, <laughs> and I was late. Um, I walk in and um, I say, I'm, I was looking around and as I'm walking in, the hostess says, party, uh, Laura, party of two. And I look around and I go, Laura, party two. And here's this beautiful blonde sitting over there. Well, guy on one side had two glasses of wine. The other guy on the other side had a martini. And he, they're like picking up on her, and I'm then she turns around, leaves them in the dust, and comes over for me. I'm going, oh, I like this already. This could be. <laughs> and a lot this of is fun. your first meeting in person. This is you first, first meeting in person. Yes, I just was like, I had been hanging because I got there early. I put my name in early. A, a seat opened up at the bar. I'm like, I'm going over there. I'm going to get you know get yeah. myself a drink. There were some guys hanging out. I decided just to start talking to them. They were very intrigued that I had a first date with somebody. They're like, oh, oh let's see how that goes. Second <laughs> <laughs> and third date didn't go too well. So um, Laura and I are both um, a personality driven individuals. So we're sizing each other up. The date. The, wasn't the greatest because we're sitting at a bad table that was probably it felt like six feet across and we were really next far to the bus next to the bus station. station we had bad drinks corked wine slow sushi bad it, it was about everything that could go wrong it was a three except hour. for it was so slow that we had a long time to talk we had about three hours two hours three hours we had a good conversation and being the gentleman that i am believe it or not i actually am sometimes um what I what I always decided when I was leaving a date was, okay, I have three options. I can uh, go for a kiss, I can go for a hug, or I kiss the back of the hand and a handshake or something of that sort. And after feeling uh, the conversation with Laura, because Laura was a little on, on edge, I was a little on edge, I was like, I'm just going to kiss the back of the hand and be done with it. We wander on out. I walk her to her minivan. <laughs> um, <laughs> We walk to the minivan, and um, as we're saying goodbye, she goes up to give me a kiss, and I grab the back of her hand, kiss the back of it, and I get this, oh, my God, I, I, what are you doing? I could have had a beautiful kiss, and it would have been wonderful. And I said, oh, 
uh, being the guy I thought I was, you, she basically, you I left. You left. I walked, walked away off. thinking, he walked I walked off. And I'm like going, no problem. I know I'll be back in three weeks. I'll see you then, see if it all works or anything else like this. So I then get in, get in the car. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, one of the most important things about this is whether we have chemistry. And I couldn't tell if we had chemistry. And he, and if he was going to be in town, I would have just left it. I would have been like, okay, we'll, we'll figure that out. But like, he's leaving for three weeks for a vacation. I'm not right. going to see the man. Like, how much further do I want to converse with him? So I finally go, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to do this. I, I need to go find out. So I'm walking along and I look over and there's a minivan starting to stop me. Okay. So I get out and of the, the way. The only reason I was following you oh, in my car comes. is because I had a pulled hamstring. And I, by the time I made this decision, I realized I could never catch up to you. <laughs> I, was I, was, I was proud that I wasn't on crutches gotcha. anymore. So I'm being stalked in a minivan, which was highly unique, highly unique. <laughs> And so I'm walking along and I get out of the way and I'm getting toward closer to my car. And then I realize it's Laura. I'm like, going, okay, what's, what can I help you with something? I have a question. I get a little closer. And this is where I wish we had video. We could show this. I'm going to show you guys. So basically yeah. he, she gets up and she gets out of the van and it's kind of like, Stop it. oh, your leg hurts so much. And almost pouts, almost pouts and says, please kiss me. Don't make me beg. At that point, my gentleman shield comes off, and I say, this is legal. I can do this. I'm not going to offend anybody. Um, an hour later, we finally part ways, and I guess we I passed. We were still standing in the parking lot, just to be clear. Yeah. 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 Okay. It was about an hour-long kiss. <laughs> um, so there was so chemistry. It was, there, there was chemistry. There was chemistry. <laughs> there was chemistry. She had a nice ass. It felt great. Um, it, it was. I had a lot of exploration going on. It, was, it worked out quite well. Um <laughs> We ended up, I left the next day uh, for Europe, and when I left, I was had three women I was kind of talking to and everything else like this. Um, by a week later, I had no one else but Laura. Um, a week after that was New Year's. I was in Prague with the fireworks going off my in the head, and I was in love, and I basically said that to her. So it was one kiss and one communication and a $748 phone bill, and we fell in love. And then when I got back, it basically, it was a week after that, when I got back, it was uh, um, all just downhill. It was awesome after that. <laughs> downhill. Downhill. Yeah, it was downhill. <laughs> it was rolling. It was yeah, rolling. I was going to say, it was good. It was wonderful. It was great. That was, it was that great. Was my, it was yeah. incredible. It was, um, and I'm, you know, very lucky. Patrick's family and friends accepted me so quickly and so well. And it was meant to be. It's been it's meant to be just been great. So, right. well, and and so how? So that was like 2014 time frame. Yeah, it's 2014. The end of 2013, the beginning yeah, of 2014. 2014. Yeah, okay. yeah. And and you said that along the way here, Patrick, you not not to downplay your story. No, I, I, it's a fascinating story. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an interesting. No, it is. It's it's hilarious. And I think, well, I was going to say two things. One is you should really look into Google Fi as a phone service for future <laughs> like this because it's way cheaper than $700 uh, a month. No, no. Yeah, that price was on top of the free Wi-Fi. Skyping. We, and... we were on a cycle of talking every eight hours for one to two hours. 
Oh my god! No matter where I was, I could be in the middle of a museum, and I was like, and I was somehow, and I was somehow working. Somehow, yeah, we're not sure. It was Christmas time. So, so during these phone calls, did the topic of lifestyle and swinging come up at all? Because you you did say you you had explored it a little bit with your with your wife. I think that Patrick asked questions along the way as we were getting to know each other, just trying trying to see my general take on things, right? Take on life outlook on things and that um gave him an inkling that I could be open to this um I remember when he first started telling me that he and um his late wife had sometimes gone on separate dates on the same night and I was like what and so that was like mind bending for me I'm like really like if he had gone on 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 a traditional swinger date with all four of them that would have made more a little bit more sense to me but so some of that was there but um you know the the idea of threesomes was was fine with me the idea of um friends with benefits was was fine with me all, all of that yeah um and and so about six months into into our relationship there were um bits and pieces that we started dabbling in here and there and over and then over the course of that year um because he knew more about this and I it was very new to me in a lot of the ways you know he started dribbling it into my consciousness <laughs> subconscious games are a beautiful tool <laughs> Um, but also I realized that she was, she, uh, listening to your past and your past lovers and everything else, the idea of non-monogamous casual sex was easy and it turned out, it's like, okay, well, let's just play with this a little bit. I just didn't so, know or call it the lifestyle or know that that's what it was exactly. But I had my, um, you know, my, my friends who I knew that, you know, weren't the loves of my life and weren't those, th- those things. And, um, uh, or they maybe were in other relationships and I was very open about, and we were open to each other about that they were in other relationships, but we still liked each other and, and could do whatever we wanted to do together. And, um, that was, that was okay with me. Right. Uh, so you, so you had sort of been in, in dynamics where other people were not necessarily while you were with, with your husband, where you were exploring right. it, but you were with people who were exploring it and you were the, the third or the whatever. Yeah. But, but, but this is the thing where our society and how we grew up, it's not that they were open with, so they weren't open with their primaries who they were in relationships with. They were hiding. I was the, you know, other person, the cheater, you know, it was, and I, and I was okay with it because I had to decide, that and I would always ask people, you need to be a hundred percent sure that this is what you want to do. This is okay. This is what's happening because you have to live with yourself about that, whether you're going to lie to that other person or not. I found that endearing. And I like that. I like that philosophy. I and 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 I'm going to be okay with me. <clears throat> um, one of my friends who, when they got married, the the wife didn't, I think, know. Um, and, and I hadn't been, been with this guy, but she said, I don't want you to ever seeing her again. And I was like, that's fine. If that's what you need to have a successful marriage, I will, you know, not be your friend anymore. And, and that's an okay thing because I always want to respect other people's relationship and their choices. 
that they're making? So what, what ended up happening was, is we ended up trying, uh, we went to a local club up in the city and we ended up just playing with each other, but we realized he kind of liked it and it was getting better. We had another couple we played with kind of was a full swap. That was a little bit of a mind game in that, but that was, that was to be expected. Um, still great, wonderful people. We're still in touch with them all the time. Then, um, so we did the standard thing and we said, let's do this. And so we put up a Cassidy SLS lounge, uh, lizard lounge or lounge. I put up five different sites. Lifestyle. Lifestyle Whoa, lounge. Five of them. That's a lot to I keep track of. I, I went all out. Oh, oh, yeah. When we met, I was on one dating site. He was on 10. And so the same thing happened when we got in the lifestyle. He was like, I'm going to be on all of the sites. <laughs> well, to be fair, it's much harder for men seeking Yes. women online than it is for women I... oh no oh no when we met he was a widower with no children women were throwing themselves at him <laughs> well fine so... prove me wrong <laughs> so so you kind of tiptoed into it by going to a club and and seeing what it was about and then jumped online and said okay now we're going to try to meet people absolutely and then basically we found a couple that lived just five ten miles from us and where they were our first and they were experienced and, 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 they, was, and they were right. well and they were great they were so experienced they were smart yeah they had everything set up they were like come to our house come just have you know some drinks and hors d'oeuvres you know and we'll meet you and that's what they thought we were going to do for the night and we ended up like there and talking to them and talking to them and talking to them and talking to them and finally they were then like she took her bra so it was good. what's the intention here because <laughs> We actually have a guy, a single guy coming over, like, in a half an hour. <laughs> so we're like, and I look over at Laura, and she said, goes, well, can we just stay? <laughs> so our first time into it was a five-way, and it was fun. Then it was, <laughs> so and it so they, had, they had thought you were just coming over for, like, a, yeah. you know, an hour or two, like, to meet them and say yeah. hi. And they double-booked you. And they double-booked <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah, they were really smart. They're like, we can meet some newbies, talk to them. It's not going to go anywhere tonight. And then we've got a sure thing coming over who we know. <laughs> and they didn't understand that Laura was like a fish in water, man. She's like, no, this actually makes a lot of sense to me. I like this. Let's go. <laughs> and it was like, what am I going to say? No, I don't think so. Um, so, yeah, the first time. And it was amazing. And it felt right to us it was just there was no uh, the communication was easy it was like okay these this is what we do this is how we play um you had your first kind of woman experience with her and well and then and then they invited us the next weekend next yeah that's right that was the orgy a nine person orgy <laughs> That was the next With one. With their friends. They're like, oh, can we like these people enough? Maybe you can come be part of this group. Well, so, um, so hold, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so did, had you, going into this first night where you had the surprise five-way, did you, like, had you talked about what you wanted to do, how you wanted to explore it? Or any rules or yeah, boundaries rules or had? anything? Or was it just yeah. like, we're going over yeah. for drinks and, well, now there's five of us. Like, <laughs> We we did. Um, I think the first time we went to the club, which we can't remember the exact timing of, but a mo- maybe a month, two months before this, um, Patrick introduced me to podcasts, um, and, and I vividly remember listening to Swinger Cast um, episode one hundred and one. 
<laughs> which I don't know if it's I think, still it was five, I think it was five orgasms between the two of us listening to that podcast in the hotel before we went there. That was amazing. Well, that's not a super sexy episode, but anyway. No. Oh. <laughs> Nor- normally it's 10 orgasms between the two. <laughs> yeah. So we were starting to listen to, so then I was understanding the vocabulary, um, understanding the different pieces. We were having a lot of conversations. Um, and so, yeah, we did have a lot of conversations, but what, when we walked in that first night meeting, meeting that, uh, um, couple at their home, was that what we were expecting to have happen? Not necessarily, but we were, you know, let, let's go with it. it. We had so... some rules and then we broke them that very night. Yeah. No, it was <laughs> So, like being in the same room. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, I was downstairs. Because was it was upstairs. comfortable. It was, it was easy. It was easy. And so um, then the second one was the the group. And then after that, it was it was just like, okay, this is what we're meant to do. What ended up happening out of the entire engagement is, is we came even closer. It was just like it just nuclear attraction came in and you couldn't separate us. Um, and it, you've heard this many times. It's like all of a sudden our the way we touched, the energy, um, the sex that we had, the connections that we had, not even just the sex, but the connections, the level of the orgasms, the level of the feeling just escalated beyond belief. And it was like, wow, it, 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 this is what we're meant to do. And this is how we felt. Well, so. I'm, I've got to, I've got to back up again. I'm sorry. And I've got to oh push, God. I've got to push you on something here because right. I think if you were to tell, if you were to ask a hundred brand new couples, like your first experience, you went in and you had basically no rules, but you had some rules and then you broke them all in the first night. And then you, you just followed that up by being like, oh, it was easy. The conversation was easy. The communication was easy. But how how was it that easy for you two? Because I don't I don't think everybody would say that. And Absolutely. Okay. And I don't think that we actually broke. I, I apologize if that's what came across. We didn't break every rule. No, no, I'm not, I'm not implying you did, but your ability to communicate on the fly like that and to go with the flow together is something that I think a lot of people would love to be able to do and and cannot do. I I think this, I think that um, Patrick was more experienced and more okay with everything. And I was the one that was probably a little bit more trepidatious. And then when we were there, one, and this still happens to me today. And then when we're there so and I'm cool. in, the, and then I'm in so the moment, I'm totally comfortable and fine. Yeah, because I'll like get myself, if we're going to go to the club or when we went to Desire last year, I can get, like get in my mind a little bit and get worried about things. But then once I'm there, I'm like, oh, this is all okay. Yeah. And I relax. So somehow that that's part of it. And it, and it is different with different people. Right. I mean, the couple who, who this was with, they're great. They're great people. They, um, like I said, if the, if it was a different couple that might not have turned out that way. And so we, we read each and we, and we're able to read each other enough. Um, it hasn't been that way every single step of the way, no. every moment. We've had times where we've had to say, okay, that worked or, oh, wait, oops, we didn't communicate at this point on that night. Um, and that bothered me. Yeah. Before you went off with five guys in the back room, you should have told me ahead of time. That would be kind of nice. I didn't know where she was. Um, was um, (laughs) Hypothetically speaking. But, 
um, the other thing is, it's also where we are in our life. Um, if I was younger in that situation, I probably would have had a mind game and a half. But I am where I am right now, and I'm secure in myself. And Laura's in the same place. We've had a lot of experiences, um, and it's like I know who I'm with. And it's like, let's just have some fun. And that was the attitude going into it. I'm not worried about her running off. There's no jealousies. Um, it was fun to watch. Um, it was fun to participate. It was fun to be a part of it. So it was positive every time we turned around. So it was like, well, what's there was no games. There was no problems. Um, we talked about, hey, we should do this next time better. Okay, we need to communicate. And we're still doing that. We had a date the other night. And it's like, okay, we, we made a slight mistake here, a slight mistake there. We always do a postmortem on the dates. What could go better? Are we going to see them again? We're not going to see them again. We still do that. We've had lots of dates and lots of experiences in four years. We're always learning. If you're not learning, then, man, it's too boring. Um, But I think we're just blessed in the fact is that we communicate so well and I can read her body. Um, And like I said, Laura, just when she gets into, I call it party mode. You put half a bottle (laughs) bottle of bourbon in her, man. Last time that happened, seven guys, one night, one strap on. It was interesting. Yeah, but that was somebody's birthday party. Party, He did a really good job of inviting the right people to his birthday party. That was a good party. Wow, these are some uh, fun, amazing parties, they sound like. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, they're not every, you know. Not every weekend. Not every weekend. Yeah, Yeah. it is important to note, note, I guess, that this has been, you know, five years-ish of time. In in the making. Four years. Four years. Four Four years. Well, how how often? And we, oh, go ahead, Nessa. No, no, I'm sorry. How, How often do you? to get out and do this because i think that like emma was saying that's another misconception is that it sounds like talking to you that you do this every other day and that's, oh that's definitely not true i can't keep that up <laughs> you might be able to keep it up well i have not because <laughs> you're around that's easy um, um we i think go in cycles yeah a bit um, where there's times where we might be very active for three weeks. We might actually be very active for three weeks. And then it might be two months that we don't have a date at all. And there's people who, you know, there's some people who are close by us that we try to get get with, but their schedules, our schedules, somebody gets sick, something happens. It's the um, same thing you hear again. Scheduling is the hardest thing in the world. Yeah. And, I mean, we're... Where we live, everybody has busy schedules. That's that's fact of life. Um, well, but, and, I, and I and and work makes it that you know work weekdays just really don't work for me. I no, I can't no sh- shift my brain. Yeah, just enough between work and going on a date. Even even a Friday night date is sometimes difficult. It depends on the week. And, and so we, so we know that those are boundaries. We, there was a couple that 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 um, had different kind of work schedules that, like, we liked them, but we started realizing we're not compatible because our work schedules are bad. Yeah, it was me two afternoon at three o'clock. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Um, but the other thing we uh, we do also is we do date a little bit separate. Um, Laura does have a few friends. Um, I have a friend or two, so we often date together. We'll, we'll go on our own separate dates um, from time to time, too. And it's, it's kind of the fun variety. And uh, we have a very simple rule with that, though, is, is make sure the other person knows what's going on and tell me everything. That's all I want. I just want to hear the stories. Tell me all the, tell me all the juicy details. And 
So you can share the fun afterward too. Yes. Yes. The the voyeuristic of, um, I I was a photographer for a long time also. So, uh, but I love the visualization and the stories and everything else. Right. Well, how, so how long after you went, you went five, some nine person orgy and then (laughs) how did it, how did it progress after those couple experiences because like you said now you've gotten to the point where you're playing and going on separate dates and you have it sounds like not quite poly but you do have some ongoing partners which is very poly adjacent i would i would venture. poly adjacent what a beautiful word i kind of yeah. like that <laughs> um, and actually that's one of the things we were going to talk about is is it's we do have uh we do have several friends that we see again and again we have friends we'd love to see more and more of that are just amazing people. Um, they live too far away or the schedules or don't work. Schedules are um, difficult. So uh, the poly side of it is, I guess, I mean, I mean, it gets to be good friends. It gets to be that relationship. And I actually see that a lot on the, um, the lifestyle sites where people are like, Oh, we want to be friends with people. We want people who we like. And um, we have been fortunate to find um, about I would say right now we have four different couples that, you know, we have seen multiple times, but that might be only twice a year. Yeah. Right. Right. Just scheduling. And we reconnect and we, we connect on, on sort of that vanilla, vanilla level and, and then uh, the lifestyle level uh, as well um, as a, as a benefit. Um, but you know, if if something's going on in our lives and that doesn't work out, that's okay too. We'd be happy just to get together with them. And we have, and that's it. Most of the people we play with, we want to see again, but there's a few that's like, okay, that was a one time or we're not going to worry about that again. Or if we go to the club or something. The club club, then it's anonymous and it's kind of fun and it's crazy. And it's just like, wow, I can't remember us doing that before. That was kind of cool. Let's do it again. Um, but, uh, we the, the nomenclature of the poly it's like by um and that's actually one of the things is we changed over the period of this time the four years we've kind of changed our profiles um laura has to buy is not the right word whatever we want to call it it's uh i'm well, I've changed, right? yeah those are those things where the conversations when we first put put a profile up right yeah it's like oh, you have to define all these things and so that starts that starts deep conversations right there Right. Mm-hmm. What, what are we going to write? How are we going to present ourselves? And what are you going to say? At that point in time, um, I really hadn't had experiences with women, but there were times in my life um, when I had wanted to, um, but didn't act on them. And so this has given me those opportunities to um, explore that side of myself. I've been that. been at the point where I was calling myself bisexual and now I'm really been changing that because I don't know that that's the right word for it. The, the term pansexual seems more correct for me because uh, it doesn't matter what the gender of somebody is to know if I have chemistry or attractiveness to somebody. Um, it's about who they are as a person and, um, and, and, and some other quality that, that 
is, is an energy quality that I don't know what yeah. that is, um, mm -hmm. about whether I really yeah. am attracted to them. And it doesn't matter what their gender is. So it's the right. sexual fluidity, the fluidness of your sexuality and how you interact with people. Um, I identify myself as kind of, if I have to put the label on it, I'll put it on there. I'm bi-curious, bi-something or another. Am I attracted to men? Not most. Do I enjoy women? Yes. Um, but when we get into a group situation, then it becomes rather, uh, I, I like the fluidity of not caring who we're playing with. Um, right. Some of the orgies that we were in, it was like it was all by orgies. So it didn't matter. Everybody enjoyed everybody else equally. And I love that. Um, I don't mind going down on this person. I love going down on this person. I love them to do this. I love them to do that. I have one rule, nothing in my hiney. Other than that, I really don't care. And and then it's enjoyable. And how do you describe that? It's not by curious. I mean, I haven't made out with a man. Yes. And I, it was fun. I loved it. It was, it was desire, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope to do it again. Um, it, but it's the special people. And like I said, it's the fluidity of the sexuality, depending on the situation and the people that are there. So how do you put that into a title on top of your blocks? And I, It's hard. Yeah. No. I, I think that was very beautifully explained as far as, you know, it is just, it's people and some people you're attracted to and other people not necessarily. And that's just some people you have chemistry with, others not as much. And that's just the natural fact of being human i think and uh you know probably the closest word like you said is pansexual um but that's hard to incorporate all that into a profile <laughs> <laughs> it is well and and so one of the big things was that when we very first put the profile up um uh patrick was listed as straight yeah and then, a a few, and yeah, you know, right? Fresh, fresh meat, right? Fresh meat, <laughs> fresh, beautiful meat. Yeah, great. But and then a few months later, you changed it, you um, yours to bite to bite curious as well, and really much less people who engage with us. But that's actually okay with us. But the quality of people that were engaging with us were the people we wanted, and it yeah. turned out to be this other level. And it's nothing against, I'm not, I'm not going bias on this, but it seemed like these are the kind of people we like to hang around. And yeah. this is one thing that with desire, I mean, you don't know who's going to stand next to you. You can look at their beads and you can, you, it just, it was so comforting to be who I wanted to be. Right. If I wanted to grab somebody and they were cool with it, it didn't matter what the sex was. No one else was going to judge. And yeah. it was free. It was yeah. truly just an unreal experience. Well, I, I think it, it's kind of it's a filtering uh, algorithm, right? If you put something up there about you that on your profile, yeah, on your profile yeah. or out into the world, that it's going to weed people out, and the people who are left are the people who are going to want to be around in you and who you want to be around, and you or know, at least have a higher probability of those people. Right. You attract. The right. people that you want to attract. You're you're probably not attracting the guys who have to write in all caps, hundred percent straight, blah blah, yeah. like that kind of stuff, right? Like they, like even if they are straight, they don't care. They understand that you're not just going to start doing things to them that they don't want done. without asking. Thank you, and that's a huge point because we have boundaries that we don't want people to to do. And if other people tell us that they have boundaries, we're going to respect that. Yeah. And, you know, so we've been with straight swap 
two straight people. And that's yeah. fine. Actually, that's we see what them, that, we see that's them what that experience that's is. Fun. Yeah. Right. It's just a different experience for us. Right. And, that's and, and, and so, yeah, we can play different ways with different people. We can understand that and, and, and be fine with that. Yeah. And, um, and I think that that's a lot of what we appreciated with the life on the swing set, um, takes to, or swing set takes desire group was, was about was that, um, people respected each other's boundaries and realized that they could play with people in different ways. Um, for example, I'm not into kink. Um, I'm not into the dungeon. I'm not into, into those things, but not once during that seven day trip did anybody, you know, shame me for not wanting to do that or put, put me down or, or, or worry about it at all. We had, we had a yeah. wonderful time and it was totally fine that that's not what I was into. I just was accepting that other people wanted to do those things. They were consenting to do those things and I'm fine with them doing it. And it's interesting to me. It's not a turn on for me or sexual. If I, if I watch it, it's just interesting that other people want those things. Right. Uh, yeah. It's not like you're, you're not laying by the pool and someone comes up and starts whipping you. That's not, that's not, how, <laughs> that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Typically. No, no. There needs to be a consent piece there. Yeah. <laughs> just live, and the consent is taken seriously, which is really right. right. And actually along the entire lifestyle, I mean, we've had very few negative experiences in all our play. Yeah. Um, most that's people, wonderful. Most of those people out pretty early on. Uh, that's, that's pretty straightforward. I'm the, I'm the social secretary. Uh, yeah. So I get to go ahead and weed people out. And then whether it's single people, uh, either unicorns or single guys or whatever else like that, um, we're able to weed them out and kind of go, okay, this would be fun or this wouldn't be fun. Yeah. And right. very high success rate. So, right. yeah. so do you still have five profiles? No, we're down to two. Down to <laughs> A little more manageable. It's manageable. I can handle that. It's yeah. We're still on uh, Cassidy and SLS. Um, mm-hmm. Cassidy is because of uh, well, they're they're good. They're out there and SLS, which is uh, basically very prominent in our area yeah. uh, on the West Coast. So it just yeah. makes it easy. So I keep those two going, and we don't pay a lot of attention to it. Um, right. But we don't. Uh, if we want to date, it's pretty easy to just to go look for our Rolodex and kind of look around. And uh, we don't, I, we're getting to the point where it's kind of nice not to have new people, but to have the same people again and again. And this comes back to your poly side. It's like, it's the relationship of many, but uh, or, uh, many relationships that you want, but having it being the same people because you learn. It takes me to be three, four times with a woman to really be able to push her buttons and be able to enjoy it and to get her riding that wave and kind of pushing it up and going, okay, this is what I got to do. And same thing, having the guy or the gal or the combination and figuring out how four or five or six of us play takes three, four times, five times. And then it gets, then it gets really exciting. That's yeah. the stuff you write. That's when, that's when I go home and I start writing little stories about it. And it's like, oh, what is this? Cause the learning, there's a learning curve of yes. uh, different people. Yeah. yeah, I enjoy the I enjoy that curve. I enjoy yeah. the curve a lot. Along with a few other curves, there's a few curves. Right. I, was, <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I was going to let you take it. That was, yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, it was that was a softball. That was so right. easy. I right. just let it walk right into that one. So, so you've you've mentioned desire a few times. We mentioned it right at the top of the show about that's kind of how we met you. And this last year, uh, November 2018, was your that was your first year, right? That was our first year. Had first you ever been? Had you ever been to an all-inclusive resort like that before? No. 
No, we had not been to any, anything like that. And, um, uh, through listening to podcasts and stuff was one of those things where we had talked about doing it. Well, and Cooper S. Beckett's books, you know, really, really, really lay that, lay that out there about, you know, um, at least what it is for some people. Um, and definitely made us, you know, talk a lot about wanting to do it. Um, we went on a vanilla cruise, um, a few years ago. And while we were on the vanilla cruise started going, so if this was a lifestyle cruise, what would that be like? And, <laughs> and there were a couple moments, um, where I was like, yes, this would be great if we could just have sex right over on that couch right now. <laughs> um, but for the most part, I was like, oh my gosh, I think I'd be overwhelmed with this many people all like checking each other out constantly and worried about, um, you know, whether you wanted to get with somebody or not. And I, I thought, you know what, I think that that's too many people for me to deal with. And so um, going into Desire, I don't know. 200 people. Whatever it is. 112 112, whatever the heck it is. Even that, at some point, made me sort of worried. But then I had to say, look, I'm not going to fuck all of them. (laughs) (laughs) You you could. You could. That would be an epic week, though. That that would have have been an amazing week. It's only only like 14 couples a day. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) You can't even imagine. Has done the math already. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so you, once I come down from that, I'm like, look, it, it's just, it's you know, it, it's okay, and um, and it felt much more manageable when we were there. It was very manageable and it was good. And you can't connect with everybody even on that scale. Um, um, it's just not possible, week. right? No. But we but but we made good connections with with a smaller subset of everybody who was there. And that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, you got you got a week of being with people, and this was mentioned before in a few other podcasts that you've uh, you've put on. You you find people, you're there for the week, you get the connections, and then it becomes real. And we're still in touch with some of those people now. I mean, we're flying back and forth to go see people all the time, and it's mm-hmm. awesome. And it's just I can't. If anybody's on the on the bench about it and thinking, well, do I want to go there? I want to go. Just do it. Life is too short for regrets. I'm sorry. Yep. And that, that's what happened to us the first year. After the first year we went to, we came home and then ended up flying across the country a few different times the next year to see people. Yes. It's yeah. awesome. And, and, and this, obviously, Cooper still doesn't pay us for our advertising. For <laughs> yeah. Hey, Cooper. But Dylan pays you, though. I heard about that. He, I, the check must have got lost in the mail. <laughs> but I think, you know, I think we we talked about it a few times about how our experience there was has really changed our view and our strategy yes. in swinging. And you mentioned that at the top, uh, well, actually you mentioned this off, off video, off audio, <laughs> off microphone, whatever <laughs> off recording. the hell, off recording that, that you, you had a similar sort of revolutionary experience, I guess. Do you mind talking a little bit about like what that was and maybe, if you think it's possible to recreate that outside of that environment and, and for people who can't maybe swing, sorry, can't can't afford to go down to desire or Tahito or wherever to, to find that environment. You know, what? the bigger thing that 
what made this work was like-minded people, LGBTQ, XYZ, comfortable. QIA. QIA. Everybody was comfortable with everybody else, and everybody was like-minded being in the same place, and same place for a prolonged period of time. It was the time factor that made the difference, I believe. The first couple nights, we didn't. Well, we did play the second night. First night. Anyway, first night. Anyway, yeah. but, but, but there wasn't the pressure. So if you yeah. met somebody and you're like, oh, they're kind of interesting, you didn't feel like, oh, I have to glom onto them and maybe, you know, bring them to the back room now because otherwise we might not have a chance with them if we walk away for 20 minutes. Yeah. Right. We you know that, that maybe we'll see them at breakfast tomorrow or we'll find them another time and we can connect and talk amongst ourselves about, oh, I saw that, I saw that couple. Did you meet them yet? Would you like to talk with them too or not? And so that helped as well, right? Um, And so you have the time. To have the time. And this is what you don't get anywhere else. You don't get seven days of being constantly in the environment where you're sexually just on and you're comfortable in your own body. And, and you're you not being every- distracted by everyday life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Phones get turned off and put in the safe. as soon as That's the only vacation we take that my phones get turned off on. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. they get turned off, put in the safe, and we don't want to know anything. But it's seven days of being in that environment and enjoying the people. I don't know how you reproduce that outside. You, you, it's a time factor. I think that's the biggest thing is the time factor and having the right-minded people. If you get a bunch of swingers together, it's going to be one hint on it. If you get a bunch of poly people, it'll be a different hint. If you put the bunch of BDSM, swinger, poly, um, uh, LBGTQ, queer, crazy, beautiful people together that are super intelligent, you get desire. And you just mix them up and then you find what you want. You don't like he's like Laura said, or actually, um, uh, Finn said perfectly, you can't do 14 people a day. Oh, I, I know a few people who could, but um, <laughs> a is, is hard. Um, it'd have to be really hard. I, oh, god, <laughs> I, need a lot of, I need a lot of pills for that one. <laughs> so that uh, might take some extra help, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, but, but going back to Finn's question, and I don't know that this is true, but. I would suspect that there are people and places that could create those communities through munches, through meetups, where you start calling the right people. And if they keep coming back over and over again in a, in a local geography, where you really do start getting to know the same people, um, that, that could happen. Um, I could see that possibly happening. Um, and it probably does. And I, I, we just don't know about those. We don't have the bandwidth There's meet and greets <laughs> that, that are near us um, that we've been lucky enough to, to, to get to know the hosts of. Um, but the, there, there's a few people who, the times we go, they might also be there, but there's always new people and um, so there's not that core, and it's much more broad-based. If, if that meet-and-greet, though, was defined a little bit differently, um, and, I, and I don't care what it is, whether it was defined the way Life on the Swing Set defines their takeover, defined the way, um, you know, whether you're into... 
I don't know. Pet play. Pet, yeah. yeah. Throw it hey, out there. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> right. If you're into pet play, right. How do, how do you make sure that all those people show up together so that you build those sub communities? Um, sure. You know, I, I don't know, but they, they might be out there. Yeah. No, that's fair. I was just yeah. curious, like what, what your take on it was, because I think that's something, you know, it's, it's, almost unfair for us to always be saying, oh, you got to go to desire. That's how you change your, your world. And there's, you know, but it is that's not always possible. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, no. It, and I, and I appreciate that greatly because we, always, you know, t- time and money is always, is always finite. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it is difficult. And I, we're, I'm just thrilled that we did go on a takeover and it was something we had talked about mm-hmm. um, even as we were looking into, gee, when could we possibly go? Um, we stumbled because into the non-takeover times, the whole, somebody might be there for four days, somebody might be there for two days, somebody might be there for this many sure. days, I think changes that dynamic a lot. And then it's also kind of like a club experience where it's random who might show up and the club that, that, that's near us, although it's, it's a drive. Um, I've been there on nights where I'm like, this is worthless. And, and I'm tired of coming here because this isn't very good. And then she goes up there and, and with a girlfriend picks up three people and it's an amazing night. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. So I think, anyway. I think maybe the key is to be patient. <laughs> yes. 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 I think you're right. Well, so you've you've also you talked a lot about the benefits you two have seen and have reaped from this. Are there things that you two have struggled with? I mean, it sounds like communication hasn't necessarily been one of those, but like are there things that you've struggled with, things that have been speed bumps or hiccups along the way that time? Yeah, no, no, schedule. Schedule. He'll push me. I'll push. I'll, I'll start going. He'll start filling the calendar, and I'll start going. When am I doing the laundry? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, you're swinging. You don't. All you need is a clear. You don't even need underwear for that. Hey, heck, let's just go. You just have to start doing dates at the laundromat. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they're not like that. Um, so no, the schedule is the hardest thing. It's like I'm when I get into the mood. It's like okay, great. Let's let, let's set up another date. I get these great people. Hey, this this guy, you're gonna like this couple. Yeah. And she's like, well, because it's I, fun, yeah. right? It's fun. It's fun, exactly. <laughs> so it's a schedule thing. That's that's our biggest conflict. Is um, our lives are so chaotic, and uh, we have so many responsibilities at home. How do you balance all this out? Mm-hmm. And how do you how do you make it work? And that's, that's actually our, you're right. You're right. That is our biggest struggle. We've gotten better at it. We communicate mm-hmm. more about it and it's going other than that. It's once we're there and we're committed to the date, it's easy. Um, yeah. Never had so it sounds like Laura, when you, once you're, you've made the decision, you're there, you're just, you're, and she's had a shot of, of bourbon. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're, yeah. you're yeah. in. <laughs> Yeah, and it's all, it's all, you're there, it's all good. Not always. Oh, yeah, always, yeah. The social life comes out, and she just doesn't, and she loves it and embraces it, and it's a beautiful alternate personality. Well, no, but, but, well, but I, Oh, my God, are you? No, stop it. (laughs) We went to a meet and greet on a Wednesday night. Oh, God, yeah. um, That one time I walked in. And he, Patrick had already been there for probably 45 minutes before I got there. 
and he was in a great mood. He was chatting with people. He's like, oh, here, I want you to meet this person. You want me? And I needed like a good solid 15 minutes to transition. I had not transitioned yet mm-hmm. from work mode yeah. <laughs> to be there. And I was cranky and awful. And so the first person I met, I'm sure she was like, oh my God, never talking to those people again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we learned that one. Okay, I pushed myself tonight. That wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like what we said earlier, though, is we're always learning after every every time we go out or do anything, we talk and it's like, how, what do we do next? I'm always learning from her. What are your tells? What what worked? What didn't work? Yeah. And she learns from me. It's like, no, that's not my kind of thing. And I don't like this kind of person. Or, you know, I do like that. And we always, it's always getting better. And it's always, we're never going to be perfect, but we're not always trying. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and it sounds like that's that you can have an easy solution to that. What you just described too, is like when you first arrived, you could have taken, you know, 15, 20 minutes and just chatted the two of you, had a drink, sat down and then like gone and been social. Yeah. And now I'm reading her when she comes into these things. It's like, okay, where are you at? Yeah. Cut off the phone with after two phone calls and you have a chaos going on at work. Okay. Let's sit over here. Oh, no, you had a beautiful phone call. You're talking to her lifestyle friend on the way over here, listening to one of your podcasts. Oh, great. Right. You're ready to go. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So how about family and friends? Have you been open about all of your, I guess, pastimes <laughs> with Oh, with what people? a great question. Okay. We told mom we had a conference call tonight. With people from Cancun. Yes. What? Hey, <laughs> hey that's. Hey, you're not that, lying. That is true. Her response was, "I'm going to turn the volume up really loud on her, so on on her TV. TV so she doesn't hear us." Oh, so does your mom live with you then right now? Yes, she does. Yeah. My mom lives with us. So, 81 year old mom. It's it's she's actually great. it's it's she's awesome. Great. It's actually she's the best great. thing. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, we have we have made the decision that we're coming out. We have a group of friends. We're going to call them. Can I say the name? Yeah, yeah. We call them the Brat Pack. Oh, I and, thought you were going to say chocolate chip. Oh, chocolate chip. That one too. But they're chocolate chip. They're our chocolate chip friends. They're not quite lifestyle. Well, they're, they're not, not vanilla. They're not vanilla. You're not they're lifestyle. Not lifestyle. <laughs> we get together. It's four other couples, and literally, when we're in a bar or someplace, you have no idea who's with who. I can have one gal in her arm and an ass on my other hand, and Laura's on his lap over there and everything else, and then another dad's going to be disciplining the two kids for throwing the pool balls across the table and doing this, and that's not even their kids. It's a um, amazing group of friends that um, I've lied to once. I had one of them ask me, are you, are you a swinger? And I said no. And when I said that, it killed me, and we talked about it afterwards, and we said, Oh, the hell with this. Let's just, let's call it who we are. And so we took each of the couples out to dinner and told them. And literally the response was, yeah, we knew this. What's what's the big deal? And it was like not a big secret or anything else, but it allowed us to come out and be comfortable in our own skin around them to our closest friends. Yeah. Um, and several other people we started coming out to. But but it's a process and I'm I'm very much in the process. I'm very much wanting to be much more out the the normalizing in yep. your normalizing non-monogamy. Um, I, I have the desire to be much more out than, than we are. And I am slowly doing it. Sometimes it's just, again, that time issue where I'm trying to find the right time to have the right conversations with everybody. Yeah. Um, because um, I have, 
um, discovered that it's, you know, it's a lot easier to have the conversation with people who are not close to you. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. The people who are closest to you are the hardest conversations. Yeah. Um, because they, they care the most. They, they might be worried about you the most or, um, or it's much more vulnerable for you um, right. in those situations. We, at this point, don't have um, the inclination to come out, with, out to our family. Um, they know. But, but we don't well, they know. hide it. Right? <laughs> yeah. right? So we don't, so, you know, there's times when we say, oh, we're going out with named friends or we're going out with friends. Right. right. Don't know when we're going to be back. Hey, about you know, three o'clock in the morning, we come stumbling in, and we're always taking a bag with us when we go. Why are you guys taking a bag with us? Or, and five bottles of wine. It's like, oh, what are you doing? Or even I, I have I have young adults, and um, they're around, and they don't want to know. They don't no. want to have that conversation with me. But on the other hand, I we're 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 again, as you said, free and open with our friends around them. Um, in trying to model um, a, a healthy, loving, healthy relationship. friendships and relationships with yeah. folks. Well, it sounds um, like if any one of them, if, you're, if your kids or your parents or anybody came out and directly asked you, you would then have yeah. that conversation. Yes. 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 Yeah, yes. we would. And it's if somebody asked us and we'd say, yeah, no, mm-hmm. here, here's what we are. This is what we do. And it's, um, I have a few people that said, okay, I don't, we have a few friends that say, I don't want to know more. It's like, perfect. Mm-hmm. I actually respect that. And they go, I have other ones going, oh my God, tell me the stories, please. And it's like, but you're a good friend. I've known you forever, but you're a creep. That's okay. Um, but, um, and, uh, but it works, but it's actually kind of comforting. We're starting this process in our life and mm-hmm. uh, it feels good. Right. And it's different. I, I think there's, I look at the courage of, of others, right? The courage of the gay and lesbian community that somehow they have to come out at mm-hmm. some point and talk about a subject that um, our society has on billboards and TV shows and every you know song on the radio, but yet you don't want to have a real conversation about. Sure. Um, and you know, those people are forced to be outed in some way and um, they have a lot of courage. And so I'm trying to, to um, get, get to that level and have that courage ourselves. Because as, as it is, if I just come out and say I'm bisexual or pansexual, then that creates the question, right? Yeah, you're like, sure. but you're with Patrick. So what does that mean? Right, yeah, yeah, right. What naturally follows about the monogamy piece that um, is not yet discussed in our society, really. Right, and um, and even in LGBTQ circles, there are people who say if you're bisexual, that you're not really part of this community. Um, and, and, and that is not everybody in that community that says that, but, um, there, I know some people who are like, if you're not living with the same sexual, same, same sex partner, then you have no idea. Yeah. Then, then you're, you're not part of us. Which actually makes the fallacy of that. This is even a bigger 
burden being who we are in some respects. It's almost easier to be it almost easier to be out and be gay than to be in 2019. Yeah. Um, and I'll get I mean it's like wow. Okay. Anyway, that's so, just our opinion. But, but that's just at the moment. And so then I go, how does that change? So the only way that, that changes is to normalize it. Yep. Well, we, we appreciate you doing that and, and coming on and sharing that that yeah, you know, you are pansexual and that's how you identify and there's no one that's going to tell you you can't be part of that community because you you're going to like what you like well and make and make the choices that that you want to make because you even if you identify if someone identifies as pansexual or bisexual um or anything else then you still can make a choice to be with one person and be in a monogamous relationship and that's that's what their choice is and i think it's the the key that we're trying to demonstrate is that it is a choice, it is a conversation, and it's something that needs to be more mainstream in our society. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We should call it mainstreaming non-monogamy. Mainstreaming non-monogamy. <laughs> that'll, be our, that'll be our sequel show. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Your, your second act of your show. There yeah. <laughs> but that, that's my hope when I, when I see, see you of... of a younger generation than, than us and those younger than you and the people you've had on, on the show um, and for, in other episodes. And when I um, look at my offspring and, and others, how natural and accepting that they are, yeah. um, that the world really is changing and, and it is getting more accepting and it is getting better in, in a lot of ways. And and yeah, so we just need to be a part of that. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it. And thank you yes, for that. Yes. And thank you. Yeah. For sharing. And now is it blooper? I was just going to say, yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> about that, that time. Okay. I got one. Okay. So uh, I'm a pilot and uh, I have a, we have a plane and one a little of plane. The, a little plane. A little plane. A little plane. A little plane. So, um, I went up on a date, and one of my favorite things on the date is to go what they call the ultimate $100 hamburger, which is flying up to Napa, having dinner in Napa, then flying home across the Bay Area. We live out in the Bay Area. So it's this beautiful metropolitan area, and at night you see the Golden Gate Bridge and San Francisco and everything. It's awesome. So we meet at the airport. We go up there. We fly up. So this is just with you and one other woman, right? With, yeah, with a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an amazing, beautiful, stunning woman. She's and great. She's awesome. She's She's awesome. Um, so I fly up there. She's never been on a little plane. She was giddy. It was it was fun. It was she was just giddy and happy. We get there, we have a dinner, we're still getting to know each other a little bit. And as we're getting done with her dinner, um, she goes, Okay, I gotta do something. This is going really well. And she takes her bra off at the restaurant. I'm like, all right, this is going really well. I kind of like that, hands it to me and I put it in my pocket. And then we climb back out into the plane and are gonna go um come back um to the uh, to my main airport. And so we get into the airplane and her top comes off and there's these beautiful double D mom. That's uh, sorry. I like tatas. I don't care. What <laughs> but they were sitting there. So I'm trying to take off and fly a plane, one hand on the yoke and one hand on her tatas. And she is just enjoying the touching and the feeling and everything else. 
I get so far behind the plane. I'm taking off. I'm talking to the wrong controllers. I'm almost uh, going to places I shouldn't go. If you're, if there is a pilot, lifestyle pilot that's listening to this, which is really unusual, I almost busted through a Bravo airspace into San Francisco. We're in really busy areas here. I'm so far behind the plane. The ATC, which is the uh, air traffic controllers, are talking to me going, what the hell are you doing? That was kind of what they said. Wasn't programmed right. My GPS was wrong. I, uh, everything. I had to literally go, got it. I can't be flying, playing with her and flying the plane. Stop. Aviate, navigate, communicate. I had to go back to the very basics of flying in order to get home in one piece. <laughs> I did. I figured out what was going on, got home. Okay. But now I have a new rule inside my book, which is basically no tatas out in the plane when I'm flying because I can't keep my hands off of them and it's just dangerous. <laughs> and it's distracting. <laughs> it's distracting. It is beautiful and I love it, but it's like literally on my checklist, I have checklists for everything. It's like keep the titties in. And that's it is. <laughs> I, that. I think we, we might have a new record for biggest first world problem. <laughs> I've, I've, I've ever heard in my life. So. That is a perfect yes. That is the best. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. And, and now I and now I know why you don't go to the laundromat on your dates because you're flying. You're flying to restaurants. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I was but, like, it does sound like an epic date. Yeah, it sounds like I got to step my game up. <laughs> Hey, no. you guys come out here, we'll fly you anywhere. Not yeah. a problem. I'll even, I'll even keep my titties in for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. And yeah. you, for you, keep your pants on. There you go. Uh, I'm happy. No, no yeah. blowjobs in the backseat. No blowjobs. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, yeah. Keep the nakedness and sexual things yeah, to non-flying time. That was that was really, that was hard. That was, that was a really, intro, uh, I've never been that distracted flying before mm. <laughs> but again but anyway yeah. that's well, the best story we have yeah. besides your your piloting advice do you have any any final words of wisdom or parting thoughts that you wanted to share before we let you two get on with your evening you didn't ask us about safety well do you want to tell us about <laughs> I thought we. I thought we. Wait, wait. That just came to me right. Well, I thought we. I thought we covered it when we said, "Don't fly with your titties out." (laughs) Besides, that's saving thousands of people. So, um, but the biggest advice I would say. um, Well, no. Now you got to answer the safety question, Patrick. Besides, besides keeping your boobs in. Then we'll go back to (laughs) your advice. How how do you two approach the safety and whether it's physical safety or sexual safety or whatever type of safety within the lifestyle? Um, it's the testing and the talking and keeping everything open. And we have the conversation with everybody and we do something that it's, um, uh, we test each, uh, every three months, every three months alternate. And it so depends on how much we've been playing. Um, yeah. Was, yeah. Was, frequency. Six months without playing. And it's like, yeah, but if we know we're going to start, Hey, we got a date coming up here. We'll, one of us will get tested and we'll test for each other. Well, because um, there was, there was one night that, um, somebody I was with had a broken condom. Oh yeah, he, had, he hadn't can't come come yet, and so but it still freaked me out, and, right? And so I talked to the doctor, and they're like, "Really, you need to wait eight weeks before so, things might show up." And so we were super careful, and you know, we actually did, we, didn't, we didn't play after that, right? We didn't play after that, so we kind of held off. Um, 
and uh, we played, but it was like, okay, great. We'll just kind of figure this out. Came out clean. Came out fine. But, um, but, but you know, that was one of those scary things. So a couple things um, from that is one is, is I'm super happy that, that one of the things you guys promote is my one condoms. Yes. We, the best condoms in the world. Thank you very much. Yay. We found those. And then, you know, we test them at home first. And I'm uh-huh. like, oh my are really comfortable these are good i like them i wish that every i buy them by the case and it's i wish all the guys who have we've said okay okay i I, i'm not paid by one condom or anything else like that but you tell you what man wrapping your dick in a condom doesn't feel the greatest but when you got a condom that fits you right it's not too big not too loose not too anything it almost feels like it's not there hell yeah it feels like it's there but (laughs) it makes a difference it makes a difference I feel, I mean, the guy, I mean, Finn, we have the same problem. It's like, okay, I got to be on. Okay. Women can almost fake it, get away, put a little coconut oil on there. Yeah. You can fake it till you make it. (laughs) Exactly. We don't have a choice. We've got to be on. Um, And this helps having, knowing something that I know I'm really comfortable. I'm not going to choke it. I'm not going to choke the chicken too much on it or anything else like that. It helps. It's actually kind of amazing. So I will. I will say that everybody one condoms. Get it sized. Get it fitted right. Get it. Get a sample pack. My one. Yeah, the one condoms are their standard condom line, and then my one is their specific. Yeah. Um. Uh. Sixty different sizes. Right. Si- different, different size, size. condoms. So actually, you can sign up on their website and get a uh, measurement tool. You can print one off and try it out and measure yourself. Or send us an email, and we might be able to send you one. Because we have we, we, have, we, we have, have a stacks lot. of them. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, yeah. or 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 I was actually wondering if maybe at, at, at Swing Set Takes Desire if we could like, you know, we could help measure people while we were there. Hey, that, <laughs> that, that is that is totally up to you. Yeah. <laughs> afternoon measuring know. session with Laura. <laughs> Sizing session. There you go. Um I was gonna say something else. Um so one thing I, I found is that um, for um, unfortunately several years um, I had HPV, mm-hmm. which you know can cause cervical cancer, yep. which you can die from. So yep. you know people don't like dying from sex. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, and lots of people have HPV, um, particularly of certain generations. I mean, there's vaccines now, and so younger generations are hopefully not going to have to deal with that. But um, I had a very persistent one that I had for a long time. And so um, that was another reason to do that. And so disclosing that when I was positive, I'm finally clear. Yay. Yay. (laughs) But, uh, you know, just even just disclosing that and saying that, that you struggled with that makes other people feel free to open up about um, times that they might've tested, um, Okay, I'm not supposed to say positive. I'm supposed to say something else. I think positive is fine or reactive. You're fine. Reactive. Thank you. Reactive. Not <laughs> then you screen a reactive to something else. People say, hey, I did have this once. We've actually had people say that I was reactive to blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, great. Well, I got treated and now I'm fine. It's like, okay, thank you for telling me. Right. And, and so then we can make other judgments about, you know, how we might want to adjust if we want to be playing with those people you know and and that's fine and and i think that when everybody is afraid to say anything and because i think the standard answer usually is oh i get tested i'm fine right right that is that's not a conversation that sometimes seems like a a a brush off to me um and and sometimes could get me concerned that you know are you really doing that what is your protocol 
um, what's going on. And then beyond sexual health, <laughs> my biggest worry is flus and colds. Yes. <laughs> and, and Patrick crashing his plane. Just keep the titties away. I'm fine. But yeah, just like germ, just like general germs, right? Uh, yes, because in the lifestyle, you're much more likely to catch a cold or the flu from somebody than anything else, particularly on, if, if you're spending enough money to go on a cruise or whatever other How vacation you you're going to go had on. Had People don't want to not go on their trip. Yeah, right. Go anyways, and they're like, they get, I got a little bit of a sore throat. Let us know. I mean, Laura had this one instance where she had, it felt like a cold throat coming on. And so we were playing with this couple and it literally came on. She's, I feel something. It's like, okay, I won't use my mouth. I have everything else is open and ready to go. And we used it. But that was the weirdest weirdest night ever. Try sometime to play without using your your mouth mouth. on anybody, right? (laughs) Not even me. Yeah. It was, was like wow. Night. It was interesting. <laughs> then next morning she goes, "It's gone. I feel nothing. It's fine." And I'm going, "You got to be kidding me!" It was me. probably a pimple. Oh, <laughs> so it wasn't a cold sore. It wasn't anything else. And it's like we don't get cold sores. So I'm like, "What the hell's going on here?" But um, the biggest our concern is is like before we go to Desire. I mean, we're going now for a week. It's a huge expense and it's a huge thing. We'll kind of abstain from playing with everybody just to say, "Okay," and I'll wash my hand five times a day. Six like a few a weeks beforehand, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, man, I'm going to get hyper. And it's like, you sneezing, I'm going to go wash my hands. You sneezing yeah. in that office, I'm, I'm going to wash my hands. Um, and, and we make sure that we sleep well and that we're eating well. So we yeah, there's an exercise, the whole thing of taking care of yourself ahead of time. Don't get run down so your immune system's, you know, yeah. normal and, and all that people stuff. People don't pay attention to yeah. the sleep. The sleep solves a lot of problems. It does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So you're, you're going to say a piece of advice. And, well, by the way, thank you so much for sharing that because I think that, you know, as you know, you've listened to the show, we like to talk about that. We like to normalize it. and Mainstream um, it. Main, yeah, mainstream. mainstream. <laughs> so thank you for opening up and, and talking a little bit about that. Yeah. So the advice is, um, I think actually one of the bigger things um, in the play when you're going for prolonged play, uh, like desire and stuff like that, one thing, people don't sleep. You guys are there, and they're 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 scheduling themselves, and they're sleeping three hours, four hours. Um, I talked to Dylan, I talked to Cooper, and it's like, man, those guys just where are they always moving? They're always doing something. Um, we are very strict about saying, hey, we're going to give ourselves eight op- eight hours of opportunity to sleep every night. Mm-hmm. We're going to schedule ourselves out to keep ourselves mentally strong and physically strong, and also to be able to enjoy it as much as possible. And when we're playing and on a weekend or something else we'll purposely not schedule something the next day in the morning because it's like, no, we need to recover. We need to get that sleep in. Um, and especially been drinking a lot, it takes an extra day to get sleep because when you're drinking, you don't sleep well. Right. You know, we all know that. How many, yep. how many people here have woken up at two o'clock in the morning after drinking going, why the hell am I awake? Uh, yeah. alcohol. Right. Exactly. Alcohol definitely impacts your sleep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So my biggest thing is, is just remember to figure out how to sleep, how to sleep well. And everything gets a lot easier. Communication, yeah. everything is better. And make it a pro- makes people, you know, when you're busy and you have a hectic life and you want to have fun, sleep is the easiest thing to go, right? Well, that yeah. and exercise probably. <laughs> but, yeah, well, yeah. So mm-hmm. you just have to pay attention and, and take care of yourself a little bit because that's how you stay healthy and have but, fun. But too. if you're doing your sex right, you're not sleeping and you're exercising. 
This is true. Your sex That's should true. be your exercise. You shouldn't be sleeping while having sex. That's true. I Not was... to say that I have never fallen asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never put it. Oh, I did put someone to sleep once. Never mind. Yeah, you did. <laughs> but that wasn't your fault. That, that was, was her the fault. alcohol's fault. Yeah. She didn't yeah. fall asleep. She Well, she passed out. She was snoring. <laughs> right. <laughs> she was gone. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about. That. I forgot about that. That's good. That's good. All right. Oh. Wow. Fun trip down memory lane. There. Yeah. Wait, have, have you fallen asleep? Not you... with not with anybody else. I've come close sometimes when it's the two us of us. Two? Not yeah. that you're boring, but it's it's. I'm. You're more forgiving. I know. <laughs> it's the comfort zone. He's, the he's comfort so comfortable zone. with you. It's just like I can be myself, and if I have to fall asleep after, I'm gonna let myself fall asleep. Yeah. I'll let my fall asleep because I know. Asleep because I know. I'm, I'm so not much. exactly innocent either. I'm sure there's times then it's been my turn. So not with me. <laughs> well, but well, th- I mean, thank you both for sharing everything you shared, all the advice, all of the tips, tricks, plain strategies <laughs> and fun times yeah it's and thank you for reaching out you know it was amazing to meet you at desire last year and you know we um we're so happy when we heard from you so thank you all right thank you very much i appreciate what you guys are doing this is an amazing podcast and i love the style that you're doing it in. absolutely fun. well it's it's only amazing because of everybody just like you guys yeah. so and i i I'm not saying that facetiously. No, that's the truth. It would, if this whole episode every week was us talking, it wouldn't be that great. So. It would be it would be us fighting. About... <laughs> I don't know about that, but anyway. You guys well. are so cute. <laughs> All right. Well, you two go have a wonderful evening. We're going to go to bed because it is almost midnight here. Oh, and, uh, I'm sorry. Thank it's you. not, it's it's not your good. fault. It's our fault. We did this to ourselves. It's all good. So, <laughs> have a good night. Yeah, thank you again and have a wonderful evening. Thank you much. Yeah. Good night. And we're back. Right. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're now one hour closer to our meet and greet. On Thursday? On Thursday. I'm pretty excited. I am too. We're going to meet awesome people. I think there's like 15 to 20 people signed up. Yeah. And It'll be a good group. It's going to be kick ass also one thing that's important to know if you're thinking about coming and you're like oh well i don't want to go by myself yeah you do you want to come by yourself because <laughs> it's just gonna be a meet and greet it's like it's just people chatting and it's okay to come by yourself that we encourage that if you're interested at all please come come check it out yeah i'll even talk to you if you're by yourself well you should probably talk to me i'm a little shy <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> all right um, let's Let's go. Well, first off, thank you to Laura oh, and Patrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> they yeah. reached out to us, really wanted to come on the show. We are very appreciative of that. And they had a really cool story. So hopefully everyone got some cool tidbits out of that and enjoyed listening to what they had to say. Um, also, you may not remember this, but there was lots of good uh, flight safety information. In I do remember that. <laughs> so, yeah. There was. There was some good tips there. Um, next Wednesday, which is actually this coming Wednesday. I misspoke there. So in two days, two days, everyone, you got another episode. And this one is going to be the one with Mark and Eliza. And that's one day before our meet and greet on October 3rd. Yes, yes. (laughs) All right, let's leave these people alone. Let's go. We got to go do some things. Yes. So thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you on Wednesday.